This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, last week, we heard from Lauren Moore of Nottingham Trent University and about how she estimates that a third of the UK's million remaining hedgehogs are killed each year on our roads. And we heard also from Jill Priest, a volunteer at the London Colney Hedgehog Rescue, and she explained some of the other threats to hedgehogs. She also said that the London Colney Hedgehog Rescue is already full, even before they receive an influx of hedgehogs too small to survive the winter. Now, if you missed the show, go to radioverland.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find the podcast of that and all the other environment matters ready for you to enjoy at your leisure. Now, following last week's show, Sasha Bedford got in touch. She looks after another hedgehog rescue, Hattie's Hedgehogs over in Hatfield, and she needs our help. Sasha joined me to explain why. Sasha, thank you very much indeed for talking to me today. So I was originally due to talk to you yesterday, but you were up all night caring for a little hedgehog. Just tell us what happened. Well, this little one was brought into us, very, very small, needed warmth and fluids and care. He's getting there, but it's very touch and go at the moment. But we, we think he's going to be okay. But And you were caring for him. You said you were up until six o'clock in the morning looking oh, yes, after him. Yes, yes. Very tiring oh. sometimes. Luckily, my husband could take the children to school. <laughs> okay, that's good to hear. So why was Hattie's Hedgehog set up in the first place and where did it get its name from? It started off about a year and a half ago. I found a deceased hedgehog in my garden. And when I went out there, it, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. It had only just died. I contacted Esther, London Coney Hedgehog Rescue. She she came to collect the hedgehog and later that day she said that it was pregnant and it had been a previous rescue that was released maybe three weeks before. So I was quite devastated by that. But then about two days later, I heard lots of huffing noises outside the back door and I discovered hedgehogs mating. So from then on, I thought, right, well, obviously I have a very hedgehog-friendly garden, so I set up feeding stations, and it all went from there. And so you just went to, to looking after hedgehogs and people started bringing hedgehogs well, to you when they needed yeah, a bit of care? Basically. And, um, I mean, I never intended it to end up being a hedgehog rescue as such, but I used to find hedgehogs that needed attention. Esther gave me advice. You know, there's actually quite a, a little network of rescuers and carers around here. So um, We're certainly hearing that on Environment Matters and that's really good to hear. So is it, is it just you at Hattie's Hedgehogs and, and do you get any payment for what you do? Yes, it's just me at the moment. No, I don't get any payment. All the money that I have to spend, I have to fundraise for. I mean, I, I, I was spending my own money to start with but it, it does get expensive so I had to start fundraising. Um, and are you a charity now? Uh, yes I finally got my charity status in July this year. That was thanks to Charity Buddy who is a, a company that helps 
charities and non-profits that I found via One Voice for Animals UK, who okay. I'm a committee. That sounds like that could be a useful tip for other people. How many hedgehogs do you look after at any one time? Um, at the moment, I have 11. I've got enough space inside for up to 10. I've got seven hutches outside that can take singles or mums and babies. So at the minute you're raising money for an incubator, why do you need this? Basically, as soon as they come in, a lot of hedgehogs are very sick and poorly. So they need warmth straight away. When they're warmed up a bit, then you can give them fluids and also any medication that they might need. But um, it really is life and death to have an incubator to get them on the yeah. on, on a good start. Okay. And how much will this cost? A Brincy incubator is around £750 including a pump which it regulates the humidity I've managed to get a discount from the incubator shop so I'm very pleased with them okay so how can we contribute if we want to chip in and help you to uh, do this important work for hedgehogs I have got a fundraiser set up on my Facebook page. If you can search Hattie's Hedgehogs, any sorts of donations, really, whether it be money or food or newspapers, or we have a an Amazon wish list. Yeah, I saw on your Facebook page that you're promoting the hog friendly lockdown litter pick challenge. I mean, do you see hedgehogs that have been harmed by litter? Oh, yes. This has happened a few times. I mean, it, it was only, a, I don't know, maybe three months ago, a neighbour said that she found a hedgehog outside the back of our gardens and that the poor thing had been tangled up in some garden netting and it just couldn't escape. And it was devastated, really, to see this hedgehog that was literally outside the back of one of my gardens. So anything like garden netting or plastic bags and the plastic can holders, football goal netting, you know, when you put anything in your rubbish bins, always cut them up so that they can't, animals can't get trapped in these things. That um, sounds like a great tip there. So we can help by going to your Facebook page and donating, as you say, either cash to help your incubator or practical ways of, of helping with things and then keeping that litter down and perhaps um, getting out and doing a little bit of litter picking if we can as part of our, our daily exercise. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining me today and good luck with the fundraiser. Thank you so much. I was talking there to Sasha Bedford, of Hattie's Hedgehogs. Now, as I said earlier, it's estimated that a third of UK hedgehogs are killed on roads each year, and slowing down when driving at night could be a good way to try and bring this toll down. So hedgehog lovers should be pleased to know that the campaign for lower speed limits in Hertfordshire's towns and villages is just taking another step. Back in September, I was joined by Colin Hodges of Twenties Plenty for St Albans when he explained that Hearts County Council was reviewing its speed management strategy. Colin joined me to explain where their campaign had reached now. Colin, thank you for joining me. So back in September, um, you joined me and you asked us to email our county councillor asking for speed limits to be decided on the basis of safety in the environment rather than the current speed of traffic. Did, did you get much response? 
We did, Amanda. We had an overwhelming response, uh, not only in St Albans, but elsewhere across Hertfordshire, because this is a Hertfordshire-wide campaign and a Hertfordshire-wide issue that we're trying to address. Indeed, some local councillors told us that they received more responses on this single issue than they'd received on a single issue before. So we're, we're very grateful for the show of support. It's also worth noting that very shortly after that request for people to email their local councillors, we also encouraged people, again, across Hertfordshire to respond to the consultation that Hearts were running on their updated speed management strategy paper. And again, there was a very strong response. We understand anecdotally that more than 300 responses were received. Again, we feel this reflects the strength and the breadth of feeling in St Albans and across Hertfordshire in relation to speed limits in our towns and villages. So there's a meeting of the Hearts County Council Highways Cabinet coming up on the 19th of November to discuss the draft speed management strategy. Can you just tell us what will be happening at that meeting and how you're hoping to have input? Yes, it's an important meeting. It's the meeting at which the Highways Cabinet, who are responsible for the way in which speed limits across the county are set and changed, will be receiving feedback from the consultation process on their updated speed management strategy. And we are very hopeful that some of the feedback that we we understand has been very critical of the way in which speed limits are set, which, as you say, historically in Hertfordshire has been by reference to existing car speeds, which we think is a very backward-looking approach. Anyway, so the, the report from the officers on that consultation process will come back in to the Highways Cabinet, and the Highways Cabinet will determine what is to happen to that earlier draft of the document, which we hope is going to be somewhat more favourable to allowing communities to take a little more ownership of speeds that cars travel in their community. And the campaign group, 20s Plenty, we would like to have an opportunity to address that meeting to express directly our concerns on the speed management strategy and the type of change that we would like to see um, incorporated now. So that is what we are positioning for. Okay, and and I understand that in order to make representations at that meeting, you need to collect signatures on a petition. How's that going? Yes, that's right, we do, which is a good trait of local democracy. So if we're able to collect 250 names on a petition by one week before that meeting, then we are given the right to address that meeting. Those 250 names need to be people who either live, work or study in Hertfordshire. And we decided to launch this petition just a few days ago. And we were we were a little bit nervous because we had two weeks to try and collect 250 names. And this petition fatigue, I think, amongst many who received many requests, please sign my petition. Having said that, we have been overwhelmed by the response. In the two days following the launch of the petition, we passed the 250 signatures. And I just checked a few minutes before this interview. Um, we're some way ahead of 300 people now who've signed the petition from across Hertfordshire, people of all persuasions, people who think this is important for all manner of reasons. So we're delighted. We're over the 250. Having said that, we would like to, we would like to see that number grow further. 
so that when we present to the the highways cabinet we're able to to say that we're not representing a small group of people we're representing a very broad constituency across Hertfordshire. So you you will be able to make representations at the meeting the petition stays open I can hear people shouting at the radio now I'll never get to work if I have to drive so slowly just remind us quickly of the benefits of slower speed limits as you see them. Well first and foremost Amanda we would hope that some of the people who do drive to work or to their children off at school at the moment might find that 20 miles an hour provides a much safer and nicer streetscape in in which to consider walking or cycling. The most common reason that people give for not cycling is that they think the roads are dangerous and 20 miles an hour is clearly a significantly safer speed for everybody than than 30 miles an hour. Safety is indeed a very important reason why we are campaigning. We've had lots of parents join the campaign who have children who are very nervous about the speed with which cars travel through their community. And in addition, one should say lower speeds give rise to both less air and noise pollution. And to those motorists who really need to continue to to drive, we think this is a small concession to make. It makes very little difference, 20 and 30. The reality is 30 miles an hour is almost impossible to, certainly impossible to maintain through a city like St Albans. And for the for the few seconds this adds to a journey, hopefully the the benefits listed are seen as being well worth that small price to pay. Okay. So if you want to sign your petition, where do we find it? We are through the target, but the petition is is very open till the the thirteenth of November. If you search Hertfordshire County Council petitions, you will see there are, I think, currently four open petitions. And our petition is very easy to find. The whole process takes, I don't know, somewhere between a minute and, a, um, and, and, and two minutes. It's a very straightforward process. And do, do please show us your support. We were delighted to, um, to, to see numbers grow even further. Colin, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you, Amanda. I was talking there to Colin Hodges of Twenties Plenty for St Albans District. Now, the St Albans Environment Action Group were treated to an inspiring talk by architect Claire Nash last week. Claire showed examples of how new buildings can be sustainable, be an attractive addition to the local scene and be a great place to live. All very relevant when St Albans District Council is going back to the drawing board with its local plan. She also talked about how it's always more sustainable to upgrade an old building than replace it with new and therefore how important but possible retrofitting our old houses to good standards of efficiency is. And joining Claire was Simon Smith, who looked after council housing for St Albans District Council, and he spoke about his ambitious plans for all of those houses to be net carbon zero by 2030, in line with the St Albans District Council's sustainability and climate crisis strategy. And you can take a look at the talk on the Environment Action Group website, where they've got a recording of it. And talking of the sustainability and climate crisis strategy, on the 25th of November at half past seven in the evening, Sustainable St Albans will be hosting a panel discussion over Zoom about 
the District Council's Sustainability and Climate Crisis Strategy with Chris White, the council leader. Now, the event will focus on how we as residents can amplify the planned activities to respond to the climate emergency. And so do pop that date in your diary. It sounds like a really interesting event. Now, if sustainable St Albans are to continue to do all the great stuff that they do like this, then they need new trustees. Their current team of long-standing trustees, now just five in number, needs expanding. Um, And they aim to find up to five new trustees to start in early 2021. They're running three short Zoom sessions for people who are interested in exploring being a trustee. Um, There's no commitment. You can just um, go along and have a chat and you can register for the the sessions on the Sustainable St. Albans website. Now, all of these sessions are on Wednesday, the 11th of November. So if you're listening to the Sunday edition of this, then you could sign up for any of those. And if you're listening to the Wednesday edition, still time to sign up for the eight o'clock session. Now, they say the trustee's role is to keep sustainable St. Thomas healthy, to set future plans, manage the finances and ensure key processes are in place. Now, they're just a small charity. They've got no permanent staff. So the trustees are quite hands on running events, getting involved in projects. All that you need to have as a trustee is a passion for the environment. But if you've got some relevant skills as well, that would be great. As I say, go to the Sustainable St. Albans website for all the information. Uh, Do you remember the edition of Environment Matters when I spoke to Jake Rigg of Affinity Water about their new campaign, Get Fit Water? There's still plenty of time to sign up. Here in St. Albans, we use more water than almost anywhere in the country. Each person uses about 10 litres more than the UK average, and that's what Jake was asking us to save. To sign up to Get Fit Water, to find out how you can save water and get a clever little kit of devices, go to getfitwater.co.uk. UK. So it's good to hear from you. Get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment. Go to the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com if you've got any comments perhaps about this show or ideas that you would like me to cover. I will be back at the same time next week. Until then, stay safe and thank you for listening. <laughs>